Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet following the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. This episode is a tale of two theatrical adventures, as two longtime out actors have separate but thrilling adventures with New York theater on the same weekend. I followed both on social media as they shared the euphoria and elation of their personal milestones, and at a time when there feels like there's so much doom, gloom, and grousing on Facebook, I was really impacted watching these stories play out in front of me in real time. I share both on this episode of The Randy Report. Recently, I watched as two Facebook friends who don't know each other share joyous personal adventures with us on social media. The first, Stephen Blackwell, I met and directed last year in a production of Victor Victoria in Palm Springs. As his 50th birthday approached, Stephen recently made the decision to venture forth to the Big Bad Apple for the first time and see his first productions on the Great White Way. The other gentleman, Ed Dixon, has enjoyed a long, successful career on Broadway, Off-Broadway, and beyond. He's an actor, playwright, composer, and author. And after more than four decades of great work, he was honored this season by the Drama Desk Awards for his latest project on the same weekend Stephen was experiencing New York theater for the first time. Both were euphoric highs to follow and read about. With so much frustration and anger spilling across social media, I found it refreshing to read such upbeat exuberance from both, especially at the same time. First, let's chat with Stephen Blackwell, the award-winning actor living in Palm Springs who, as I mentioned, recently made his first voyage to New York City and the Broadway. Stephen Blackwell, it's Randy Slavacek. Hey, how are you? So good to hear your voice. I wanted to talk to you about your recent trip to New York City because your posts on Facebook were so infectious and enthusiastic and just so filled with joy. And I know you did this for yourself. Oh, nice to hear. <laughs> you did this for yourself as a 50th birthday. By the way, congratulations on turning 50. I'm not giving anything away. You look Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Feel good. <laughs> the thing that struck me, in addition to your, I mean, it was just so joyful, your posts. And in this day and age, when people are on Facebook and you see a lot of ranting and ranting, God knows we all rant and rave these days politically about some things that are going on. I also appreciate your passions politically, by the way. (laughs) I watched you enjoy this thing for yourself. In part, I was so interested in in sharing this with my listeners because when I turned 50, I'm 53, I turned 53 years ago, and I did something for me for my 50th birthday, and it was all about me doing something for me. And there seems to be something about turning 50 – and doing something for ourselves. <laughs> right. I had planned this a few years back, and then I think it was four years ago when Book of Mormon was the big hot ticket on Broadway, and last minute had to cancel due to financial reasons. So the last couple of years, I'm like, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it this year. But I kept waiting to find someone to go with because I didn't want to do it alone because I was nervous about being in the big city and wanted to go with someone that maybe had done it before. But as I approached 50, I was like, screw it. I'm doing it myself. I'm going to have fun. 
and it'll be easier probably to get tickets being alone, and I'm just going to do it. I just love that every now and then, as adults, we do things for ourselves, and we do this thing yeah, that we've yeah. always wanted to do. So a, a few things I want to ask you about this, because I realize I lived in New York for so long, and I was, I was an actor on Broadway myself, but I got used to living there, and I, so I don't think about things that people coming to New York City for the first time might have to research or explore or think or what their right. impressions would be. Sure. So first of all, like, what were your plans? Were there specific things you knew you wanted to see or do? Did you make a list? Yes. Being that I had planned it before, and I actually had a ticket to see Book of Mormon through a friend, and I was able to get the cast member prize because his husband was like the assistant customer or something like that. So that I said, all right, since I couldn't do it before, definitely have to do that first. And then my second choice was to see Lion King because I lived in L.A. for almost 10 years, and it played at the Pantages Theater when it was on tour for almost a year, I believe, and I never got to see it. So I was like, I have to see that. And then I just kind of asked around, you know, in the days of social media, I asked a lot on Facebook, like what shows would people recommend? And everyone was suggesting Waitress or Beautiful and was going back and forth. And due to cost, Beautiful was cheaper than Waitress because Sarah Bareilles had just gone back to it. So the prices skyrocketed. Oh, and then Anastasia was always one of my favorite, not, I would say it's my favorite animated non-Disney movie musical. And since that, I, I hadn't even heard about that until I started researching shows and I saw that and I said, oh my God, I have to see that. So that those are the, that's how I chose those four. <laughs> now, you know, Ramin Karimloo is one of my favorite Broadway actors, period, uh, who's the star of Anastasia, the male lead. And so I, I'm, I'm very envious that you have gotten to see the show. I, I, I plan on seeing it <laughs> my next trip because I hear just wonderful things about oh, it. It was amazing, yeah. The one thing I noticed was very interesting and being by myself and observing a lot of people, which I love, people watching was the different crowds at each different show and Anastasia was definitely more popular with the millennials all the young 20 year olds and they're ah. all going out and it struck me as odd I thought how would they even know this show because <laughs> I was a kid when this came out and then I actually was sitting next to a girl who was by herself and she was kind of humming along to some of the songs so at intermission I said I've got to ask you a question <laughs> I said how is it that you know these shows? You look too young to remember this. And she replied, oh, I was eight years old when it came out. So then I, that <laughs> made me feel my age. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I was probably in my 20s when it came out or 30s, so I could see that. And they definitely, I actually hung out by the stage door hoping to see Dimitri and uh, the, some of the other characters who were coming out very, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. They, they, all the girls were like, had their programs out. And, some boys as well, too, but it was definitely very popular with the millennial crowd. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. I remember that that waiting that first time. I'm like, God, why are they taking so long? Don't they know we want to get their <laughs> autograph? Gosh, what takes so long? And, then, and I should mention to the listening audience that you're an actor, a very talented actor yourself. Mm -hmm. So Thank you. You, you actually come to the table with a very educated view on yeah. all of this. So you actually understand what it takes to – to yeah. get out of costume oh, I and all that. I was like, they're getting out of makeup, they're getting out of costume, they're probably talking about their next performance, they're chatting with each other, maybe they got friends, back, family backstage. 
but especially for Anastasia, I noticed they came out almost in increments of like one at a time, 20 minutes apart or so. And then the, the young Anastasia came out and so professional for like a six-year-old or seven. I don't know how old she was, but she was very young. And then finally, the male older lead, I forget his name, came out. And at that point, I had a friend texting me to meet up with me. I'm like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> so. I mentioned the fact that you're an actor also, and you've been very active for, for many years as an actor. So seeing your first shows on Broadway, was there anything that struck you that, that was a surprise oh, yeah. or different? Or did you go, oh, that wasn't what I thought, or wow, this was cool? What were your yeah. thoughts? What I posted this on Facebook after a few days of processing the whole week. What blew me away the most, and this is not to say that I wasn't blown away by any of the performances, because I definitely had some of my favorites as well, but working both backstage and on stage, I was blown away with watching the set changes. And that may sound strange, but especially in Beautiful, some of the set pieces, whether they were a, a desk or a wall or a couch, they would literally just go on stage by themselves, like they were being piloted by a remote control or something. And I looked, I didn't see tracks, I didn't see, and then sometimes an actor would actually sit on it to exit. And I never once saw a stagehand in black. And I know some people would say, well, it's because they're, they're in black, but I was pretty close <laughs> for several of these shows. I never once saw anyone helping with a set change or, and I saw a few actors put something up or whatever as part of the change, but that was one of the things that really, really made me realize, okay, yeah, I'm at a Broadway show <laughs> versus, you know, I'm not off Broadway show or community theater, but that was what really impressed me the most. And also how they enhanced some of the, especially in Anastasia, they used a lot of film and slide to help with scenery as a scene on board where they're on board the train and they had film footage of trees you know, going by and all that. So you definitely got a sense that they were on a moving vehicle, which was, was really remarkable. <laughs> Projections are really big on Broadway right now, aren't they, in terms of scenery? and Yeah, and they even used a little bit of one in The Lion King, where during the stampede scene, you would see all these wildebeests go rolling over and over and over again. That's <laughs> amazing. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah. I literally got teary-eyed right from the very beginning, because that show is just so beautiful to watch. And I thought to myself, I can't believe I'm getting emotional over seeing a giraffe and a zebra. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can't, especially that in the opening of Lion King, if you haven't experienced it in the theater, the animals coming down the aisles and coming out on stage, and it yeah. really is emotional, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. In fact, the lady, there was a lady sitting next to me, and I believe she sounded like she was a local. She said, oh, I've been told that as soon as the lights go out, to look, to, turn around and look to the back. <laughs> and I've seen it when they performed at the Tonys. And I said, oh, yeah, I suspect that's because that's where they make their entrances. When people go to Broadway and view theater, one of the things that everybody has to face is how expensive the tickets are. And a lot of yeah. really intrepid theatergoers figure out, you know, a lot of people know you can wait in line at TKTS in Times Square and you can get half-price tickets. Or now sometimes they have 60% or 40% or blah, blah, blah. Did you utilize anything to save money you look like you had oh, awesome yeah. tickets on facebook i so did can you share with how you did that yeah when i planned the trip before i had been recommended to check out tkts so i've had that on my smartphone for the last four years or so and part of me did want to try that just about 
because that to me is part of the excitement of waiting in line and seeing what ticket you can get discounted and all that. But I am so grateful to God that I did not do that because someone on Facebook recommended today's ticks, which is another app, which it's remarkable. So this is going to sound like a plug for them, but it's not meant to be. You basically can go on this app on your smartphone and go. To, you can actually make a list of what shows you want to see, and then you can get notifications as to when they're on sale and everything, and they're discounted. Uh, they're, and it's designed to be like if you're going next week or tomorrow or something like that, and they get you the cheaper tickets because what happens is a tick, today's ticks representative basically runs down to the box office of all the theaters and buys the tickets based on your request. And then when you're there, you're instructed to wait outside – and they usually tell you it's usually to the left or to the right of the marquee or the box office. They say, don't wait in line. And they meet you and they're in a red shirt. And you say, hi, my name is Stephen Blackwell. or so, And they hand you your ticket. So you don't even wait in line at the back box office. You don't wait. Wow. You don't wait in line at all. You have to get in line once. And they don't get there until a half hour before the lobby opens. So all these people are waiting in line anyway, so it wouldn't help you to get for them to be there any sooner because then you'd have to wait in line anyway. But then you just get in line with everyone else and you have your little red envelope with your ticket in it. But what's really cool is, and I, I, I can see why some people this would see this as a drawback. You can't actually select your seat, but it's broken down by whether you want orchestra seats or mezzanine. And then if you want orchestra seats, it's one price. If you want orchestra front, it's one price if you want orchestra left or right. And that's what I did. I pay a little more for Lion King because I wanted dead center. And I was shocked how close I was literally like six rows away from the stage, dead center. Wow. It was amazing. It was, and for the little bit of extra money that I paid for being front and center versus off to the left or right, it was so worth it. And even the other shows I picked, all of them, I picked orchestra seats and the left or right, you're still really, really close. I think Anastasia, you were fourth row or something. Yeah, was, it was is, pretty am close. I, I mean, you were. Yeah, I see. You took a picture of the uh, before the show started, and it just looked like an incredible seat. Yeah, I was like four rows back, off to the left side, and yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better seat unless I was in the middle. But <laughs> it was so worth it. The only drawback is, is they don't. If you're going to see the big numbers like Hello Dolly or Hamilton mm -hmm. or Dear Evan Hansen. Those are not, unfortunately, covered. Those are harder to get. And on many instances, since you're only allowed to get tickets on today's ticks 30 days in advance, they're unavailable. So if you are going to New York to see Bette Midler in Hello, Dolly, that is probably not going to work for you. So you'll have to do today's ticks or Ticketmaster or the theater itself. But, you know, I was going to just experience New York and these shows I wanted to see. I didn't mind that they weren't brand new Although Anastasia, I believe, is is only been running a year, and there is oh, not even, yeah, not even, just a few months. The woman that plays the grandmother is up for a Tony Award, so I'm yes. rooting for her. <laughs> yes. And so, did you get to see everything you wanted to see? Did did you fulfill yes. the whole list that you made? Yeah, there was at one point I could have gone. Beautiful, I saw in the Sunday matinee show, and I noticed most of the theaters did not do a Sunday evening show. But then I noticed Chicago was, and I thought, well, I could go see Chicago, but I was so exhausted by then anyway. And I was like, no, I think I'm good. And after having such an emotional and incredible experience with Beautiful, I was like, no, I'm done. 
I don't want to, nothing can top that. So yeah. I'm done. And I just kind of mellow it out Sunday night. <laughs> I think you're wise with that because can, can I add one tip that, that I find even for me when I do go to New York myself and, and I'm going to see shows and I'm catching up, catching up with friends in a short amount of time, it, it kind of does take something out of you in a good way. Sitting in a theater, seeing four shows in three days, that's a lot of emotional journeying, in my opinion. It and was. I, you know, sometimes I go to New York and think, oh, I have to see everything, I have to see everything. And after about three <laughs> shows, and maybe it, this seems to be what you're saying, is like, you, you kind of want to go, okay, I need to process all of what I've just seen. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do more Sunday afternoon. I made plans tentatively i didn't plan on meeting up with anyone or anything but uh, although i did have a friend that wanted to go to this fabulous piano bar again that i had gone to the night before and i was like you know what? i'm exhausted i'm emotionally drained i'm gonna go walk around times square a little bit maybe grab a slice of pizza and then just relax in my uh room so I, it was fine and then monday i was kind of feeling the same way like feeling depressed that i was leaving but it wasn't a sad depressed it was just I don't know. It's just uh, emotional, I guess. <laughs> I think it's it's an awesome thing, especially being an actor, someone who really appreciates theater, to to make that first trip and yeah. to experience all of that. Yeah, I, I almost want to say I know it's fun to have a playmate on a trip, but to do it on your own, you kind of got to have it all of the moments to yourself. Yeah, be in your own moment. I would like to do it again with a friend or, or a significant other or something. But I think for my first time, and because it was kind of a pivotal birthday year and all that I was I was completely happy with doing it by myself and and I get to meet and like I said I got to talk to people and and things like that there as well you did post on Facebook that after one of the shows you found a piano bar and there was the yeah. whole thing <laughs> that that for you you just love that because you were like completely in the theater oh. world again and and it was really wonderful what was the name of the bar where did you find Mary's Crisis in the West Village, Marie's Crisis in the West Village. I had actually been messaged by a fellow Facebook friend that I didn't know personally. He had received a, it's called a DTL award, a Desert Theater League for your listeners, mm -hmm. award for best actor in a musical the same year I won best actor in a drama. And he's like, I want to meet you and we can meet up. And he was living out there now. And so he took me to a couple places. We walked in the Stonewall in uh, bar. It was too too loud and noisy for me. And, and another, another bar, which I forget the name. But then we found that one. And I was like, oh, okay, we're done. We're, we're staying here. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, you walk in. It looks just like a normal bar. But then you hear all this singing. And you go down these this flight of stairs, it, what looks like a basement. And it's a one piano player and so many people all singing show tunes. They all know the words. I mean, it was, and it was a mixed bag of young, old, gay, straight, male, female, everything. You, you, you name it. And it was there. And as the evening wore on, I, I did manage to get closer and closer and closer to the piano, but to a point where I was sitting right at the piano. <laughs> <laughs> you found and, your uh, tribe. I, I, I did. And I ended up staying there till la until the end and not even realizing it was quarter four in the morning <laughs> i'm like oh I, we need to go <laughs> <laughs> so last question i won't keep you much longer but one last question so having done this trip and you you felt that you really achieved everything you wanted out of this from what i can tell on facebook any advice you would give someone who's planning their first trip to new york is there anything you learned oh i wouldn't do this again or i would do that again or definitely do this is there anything yeah the only thing i wish i had done i mean i'd 
didn't really plan on this until talking to a client of mine at the gym who had done it with his husband a year ago. I went to the observatory tower of the new Freedom Tower mm-hmm. and bought a ticket for that, which was, was very impressive. I mean, the views are incredible and all that. But then I went out to the Statue of Battery, took the ferry from Battery Park to the Statue of Liberty and everything. I researched that a little bit to see if the torch was open anymore, and apparently that hasn't been open in a long time. And the crown also has apparently not been open for a long time, which I thought when I researched it, it did say it was available. But you can get tickets for the um, pedestal, they call it, but they're only done online, which I didn't know. So when I got to Battery Park to buy tickets, they said, oh, no, there aren't any tickets available for that. It's done on a first-come, first-served basis and online. So I got tickets to just walk around the grounds, which was nice. But I mean, it wasn't, I'm sure it would have been far more spectacular if I had been able to walk up, up to the pedestal and look out and see the views and everything. But that would be one thing I would have done. So Statue of Liberty, if you want the Statue of Liberty, look online and book early. It's yeah. first come. I did not know that. That's good to know. Because it's a cool New York thing to do the Statue of Liberty. It really is. I only did it once. I waited for my brother. I think I was doing Hello, Dolly! on Broadway, and my brother came to see the show. Oh, wow. And I had never, um, yeah, I was in the last revival, not the one with Bette Midler, uh, 20 years ago with, with Carol. <laughs> and my brother came, and I'd never been, in all the years I lived in New York, I'd never been the Statue of Liberty. And it, since it was in the 90s, it was before 9-11, we were able to go up. Um, however, I will tell you, well, you're in super shape. You would have no problem with the climb. It is a bit of a climb, <laughs> but I did get to, to go up. Seeing the Statue of Liberty is, is something that, that every American should get to do. But if you, so if yeah, you want it, yeah. Stephen says, look online and check because the tickets will be gone. But other than that, I mean, I I was very happy. Like I said earlier, I was tempted to just try my luck and see what tickets I could get, but I'm so glad I didn't. And I'm seeing Hamilton in L.A. in in September, so I I didn't feel pressure to rush to try to get rush seats or hang out by the, you know, the theater. Kill yourself and all that. that that We're all hearing about how tough it is. And I even tried, like, there's an app for it called spam or something and you can try to enter the lottery and all that and i just gave up on it i'm like i'll see it once i got my ticket to see it in la and i'm like i'm good (laughs) but beautiful was my favorite and i would highly highly recommend that if anyone gets to new york or if it goes on tour again and i didn't know because in the program that i bought because i buy a program and a window card for every show i see the lead was played by i believe it was debbie mueller or and, and if i'm and then in the program it said it was abby mueller I'm like, is that the same name? And it turns out they're sisters. So the original Broadway show. Tony Award winner. Was their younger sister. Tony Award winner was a younger sister. And now and Abby, her older sister, did it on tour. And now she's back on Broadway doing it. And oh, my God. It just it, it. And it's if you I think I posted if you've ever been in love or been heartbroken and I said, who hasn't? And if you, and the music, I just, I love all that music of the 50s and 60s. And Car- I never realized how many songs Carol King wrote for so many other people. Other people, that, yeah. These are songs I, I, I grew up listening to on the radio as a kid. And I was like, wow. So it was uh, an amazing show. And it left me feeling very raw and emotional, which is why I think it took me so long in a good way yeah. to process this. So. And it was exciting being there in June, not only because it was my birthday, but all the nominations had come out. The Playbills all had the list of all the nominees in there. And being that being that it's Pride Month across the country, even though the White House currently won't yeah. honor it, all the Playbills have the little rainbow flag across 
laptop, which I posted a picture of on my cover page. But um, so that you could just feel, especially as, as being an actor, you could feel the buzz in the air, like like it was um, electricity about the Tonys coming up and everything. So, oh, and one other thing, I also put out there. I didn't know whether to to stay in a hotel. And what or did you do? do everyone I posted this on Facebook and everyone recommended Airbnb and I ended up getting an apartment ended up saving three hundred dollars versus what I would have paid in a hotel and the apartment was on 41st Street right between 9th and 10th so I was literally right smack in the middle one block from 42nd Street and it and everyone there was super nice I was right in the middle of everything so Airbnb worked out for you yes Loved it. I'd highly recommend that as well if you're going and just type because I typed in New York City and Broadway and that was like the second one that came up on the app. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to plan on being there that much anyway, but it's all about location, location, location. So, oh my gosh, Stephen, thank you so much for sharing. Like I said, oh my pleasure. Your enthusiasm and your joy was so apparent. It was like a roller coaster ride. It was so fun to watch, and I really wanted to talk to you. And I knew my listeners yeah. would want to hear this because a lot of people do theater locally and they become very mm-hmm. educated. They they understand a lot about this, and, but they might be afraid of going to New York and actually spending the money right. and doing this thing. And, and I just thought people need to hear you can do this. You can do it without killing yourself financially and yeah. having a great time. Mm-hmm. And just your, your whole trip was very inspiring to me, so I wanted to share and, and also say happy 50th. Thank you. And I, I did have several friends back here in Palm Springs, like commenting along with me. And one friend of mine said, I feel like I need a vacation from your vacation now. <laughs> and happy 50th. Thank you so much. Nice to hear it from you. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. And happening in the same city on the same weekend, veteran Broadway actor and playwright Ed Dixon won this year's Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Solo Performance for his new one-man play, Georgie, My Adventures with George Rose. I've interviewed Ed twice. A few years ago, regarding his fab memoir, Secrets of a Life on Stage and Off, which chronicled his over four decades-long career on Broadway. He has worked with everyone from Busby Berkeley to Ruby Keeler to Leonard Bernstein to Anne Margaret to Kevin Spacey to Tony Danza to Kathy Lee Gifford, and Stephen Sondheim and everyone in between. That was one of my favorite interviews I ever did. I really encourage you to check it out in my previous podcasts. Much fun. So when I saw his new play arrived off-Broadway this season to, no surprise, rave reviews, I knew we had to chat again, which we did a couple of months ago. Here's just a few highlights from that episode of The Randy Report. It's like Christmas getting to speak with Ed Dixon. I love it. Oh, thank you, Randy. I... I so enjoyed our last chat, and I'm so excited about this, and what an exciting time this is. Holy cow. Well, it is, and I have to tell you, I was doing research in advance of this, and the reviews for this (laughs) show, you must just be over the moon. I mean, it's and it's well-deserved. I know it is. It's so exciting, but it's tempered by the fact that Doing this every day <laughs> is so daunting. And it's just you. Yes, I, and I, I play, I don't know, 35 characters. It's 90 minutes, and on Saturday, I do it twice, and then I come back for a matinee on Sunday. I, I spent the whole day Monday in bed until the show, and the whole day Tuesday in bed until the show. 
I read all the reviews, and I, I've, I've been researching this, and, and I've been seeing people share it on Facebook, the reviews, and it's just magnificent how this has been received. And I'm so excited for you that this has happened. Um, it's certainly not your first taste of success. You've had a, a, a wonderful, awesome career, but I think it was the Huffington Post that ended saying something to, to the effect that, you know, you've done fabulous things before, but, but this is just taking everything to a new height in terms of writing and performance. So I just, I'm so thrilled for you. I can't tell you. Well, if I, if I may, the last line of that, something I'll never forget, it says, but Georgie is a masterpiece. That's now, it. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the kind of thing <laughs> you really want someone to say. Let me tell you, the opening night of Georgie, the party was at Sardi's. Oh. Now, I've been in show business since 1968, and none of the Broadway shows, I think there have been 15 of them, have had opening night parties at Sardi's. And I finally had an opening night mm -hmm. at Sardi's, and it was my play. You can't imagine what that was like for me after all these years. Let me tell you, I, I was walking there, and a big sign for Georgie popped up on the bus stop as I passed. Then I get to Sardi's, and the window poster is Georgie in the, in the front of Sardi's. Then I get inside, and the maitre d' says, oh, wait here, Mr. Dixon. And he had me hold there until they were ready upstairs. I come up the stairs. There's a giant picture of me and a giant picture of George. And I turn the corner, and the entire restaurant bursts into applause. I mean, come on. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of months later to this year's Drama Desk Awards and his big, big win. Via Facebook, Ed shared so many moments of utter joy and elation, I felt swept away in his adventure. As many know, the Drama Desk Awards are the only major New York City theater honors for which productions on Broadway, off-Broadway, and off-off-Broadway compete against each other in the same category and are voted on by New York City theater critics, editors, reporters, and publishers. Here's his acceptance speech for Georgie. Ed Dixon, Georgie, my adventures with George Rose. <laughs> Three years ago, Richie Ridge said to me, Ed, you have to do a one-man show about George Rose. Cut to the Sharon Playhouse Developmental Workshop, and then my dear friend Eric Schaefer came on board. A full production at the Signature Theater in Washington, D.C., with Eric directing and designing, and he brought on my darling friend Chris Lee to do the lights. And then Perry Street Theatricals came on board, Martin Platt and David Elliott. Yes, and they broke down every door and every barricade until we brought it into New York. And standing by my side, every step of the way, my darling Mary Cosette, who wrote the first check and the middle check and the last check. <laughs> and to be nominated with my darling Nancy Anderson. The last time she was here was for Fanny Hill, which I wrote. And the last time I was here was for Shylock, which I wrote. And that was 30 years ago tonight. Thank you, Drama Desk. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As I mentioned earlier, there's so much strife, angst, and anger around these days. 
and I was struck by these two simultaneous awesome theatrical adventures, both so impactful to each gentleman. It was fun to see such upbeat, uplifting experiences being shared. For a couple of days, these two stories dominated my Facebook feed, and it was terrific to feel such elation for both. I hope you enjoyed. That brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. And remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Thank you.